Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, May the 17th in 2021 on When Our Eyes. We are beginning year B in the day of Pentecost, according to the Revised Common Lectionary. And on Mondays of the week, we like to take a look at an Old Testament text if they have one in the Revised Common Lectionary readings, and they do this week. So we will be in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 14, a famous passage if you've browsed around the Old Testament in your lifetime up to this point. So I'm going to read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along a theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on Winter Rise. Let's tell our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I'll make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breathed into them, and they came to life, and stood upon their feet, a vast army." Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone, and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of God for us. Every faith community has some difficult conversations and difficult questions to grapple with. And one of Israel's that we know of uh, towards the end of what we call the Old Testament period is how their three major beliefs were colliding together. So the three major beliefs were, they believed that there was one creator God, and he was above all creation, but yet he created the world and he loved it and he was committed to it. The second big belief was that he elected out of all the people in the world, uh, Israel to be his people, to be like an advanced covenant people for them to follow him and that he would bless the world and renew the world through them. And then the third big bold belief was that um, God was going to take all the fracturing and the brokenness of the world. He's going to bring it back together and renew the world. Those three things were colliding together. And so Israel had been in the up and down with God. Uh, they have, you know, they would strive with God. Um, they would have suffering. They would have prosperity. And towards the end of the Old Testament period, we know that they have been carried off to foreign lands. They have returned uh, back to, from those foreign lands to 
the land that God gave them, and it needed to be repaired, it needed to be updated, and they needed to prepare themselves for what was next. So that's a general panorama of that period. Ezekiel is prophesying in this foreign land that they were taken to, the land of Babylon. And these questions were probably circulating throughout the believing community. How is the one creator God going to use us to fix the world when we're far away from home? And what happens if we give our life to God and, and our life is taken from us because we're dedicated to God? Are we going to be rewarded? Are we going to be restored? Is there going to, how can a just God make sense of all of this, right? And so towards the end of the Old Testament period, we know that resurrection began to develop as a doctrine of the Israelite people. You'll notice earlier in the Old Testament period, this conversation wasn't around. God didn't dangle rewards of afterlife before the people of Israel earlier in their story in order to woo them over in their allegiance. Um, when it comes to the afterlife, the Old Testament is quite silent about the majority or all of it, right? There's a lot of mystery there. But towards the end, you get places like this passage in Ezekiel 37 and Hosea chapter 6 and in the book of Daniel and a couple of places, there begins to emerge this, this doctrine, this idea of the resurrection. And there's some technical things that we could probably cover about what res resurrection is and what it is not. But what we see from Ezekiel 37 is a bit of at least the outer contours of what they believe the resurrection might be. Uh, they believe that God was going to bring their old bodies back together, bone to bone, skin on the bones, breath of life back into those bodies. And so it wasn't like they were going to like throw away the old body completely and get like a new upgraded one, like one car is turned into the car lot, brand new one in its place. Uh, the, the loner is gone and now like the new one. <laughs> <laughs> that we can have is not no it doesn't seem to be it they believe that they are going to inherit a body back into this world back with their god and back in the middle of his plan and uh, somehow in some way this was going to speak to the vindication that god was going to give not only his people but of all of creation um, so you'll notice in the past in the promises towards the end uh, we start in verse uh, 12 this is what God says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I'm the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. And so resurrection isn't just a neat miracle, but it is somehow a vindication of the faithful. And it's somehow a, a revealing of who God is, that he is the one God who governs all of creation and he's powerful enough even to bring the dead back to life. And so when we think about the season of Easter that we just wrapped up. And we think about the day of Pentecost coming up. We celebrate this as the time when the spirit is given to the church. Um, there's a lot of hints of what's going on in that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 with these different places, these different stops in the Old Testament. If you can recall, and we'll get to it in Acts chapter 2, when uh, the people of God are praying after Jesus has ascended back to the Father, um, they are given the Spirit and they collectively begin to reveal the praises of God. And I think that that is a bit of an unveiling of what is hinted at here in Ezekiel 37. These people are brought back to life, not just for their own blessing, their own bliss personally, so they can belong to a corporate group of people. And that's at the heart of what happens when the Spirit shows up. The Spirit unifies. The Spirit brings people together. The Spirit builds the body of Christ so that we can embody 
the purposes and the plans of God. So I want us to pray for the Holy Spirit, but not so that we can be personally entertained in our faith, which sometimes is the temptation of Christians when they ask for the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit comes, He, at the very heart of who He is, is the Spirit of unity. He brings people together. Uh, we see this in a place like Ephesians chapter 2, where Jesus and His resurrection and the giving of the Spirit, it removes the dividing wall of hostility between people. Where the Spirit is, there is unity and there is freedom. And so be careful what you ask for. Be careful what I ask for here. When we ask for the Holy Spirit, we also ask that we be more forgiving, that we be uh, more peaceful, that we be more patient and considerate of other people. And that makes us the people of the Spirit. And that's going to be my prayer for us this morning. So let's spend some time praying together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are a glad-hearted and generous God. And I thank you what that looks like in the cosmic level of world history is that you're the God who brings things back from the dead and gives them life again. And we thank you that this means it shows that uh, you love your people, that you won't abandon us in the grave, and it shows that... Uh, that you are a God who's big enough, strong enough, and with your might, you display love. You're so big, and you're so strong, and you're so loving that you're allowing the dead to have life again. And so we long to see your face today. We long to know you more. And so we pray today that you would give us the Holy Spirit. God, we understand the ramifications of such a request. Uh, that request does not come with a promise that we will be entertained and get... Uh, this the goosebump feeling of being quote close to God, uh, but it also requires us to be people of reconciliation. It requires us to be people of hope and unity. And so, God, may that work start in us. We long for it in the world out there. We long for people to get along, but sometimes we uh, forget how, in subtle ways, we give slight towards one another and how uh, we show indifference towards people. And so, God, help us to love like Jesus loves. Pour your love into our hearts that we might love others like you do, because we need your help. And so we ask Holy Spirit, come fill us and allow us to live and dwell together in unity. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.